heartfelt welcome as you join us on the Freedom to be Human podcast, 20 minutes for women appearing successful on the outside, but intrinsically are feeling restless, bored, slowly burning out, and are craving to rediscover their truest self, embracing a life on purpose, fueled with passion and finding inner fulfillment. I'm Karina Rick, a success coach helping women experience their best health, wealth, happiness and performance through holistic wellness. We'll discover and delight in connection to all things mind, body, soul and beyond. This is the place for exploration, expansion and enlightenment when it comes to living your most vibrant life. It's going to be a wild ride, so let's get started. Welcome, joyous welcome to the latest Freedom to be Human podcast. So since the beginning of August, I ran a 21-day better sleep challenge. And the reason I did that, well, there's lots of reasons. Most adults in the UK, US, Europe, don't get enough sleep each night. And having too little sleep is the same as having your body under the the influence of alcohol. Of course, the bigger the deficit of sleep, the more that impacts your body. And we all, I don't think it's a surprise, but still, we don't prioritize it enough. So on my mission to really rid the world of this concept that self-care, sleep, rest, not looking after ourselves, you know, is 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 not needed. Um you know, we can't we can't keep doing that. We can't keep doing that. It impacts our health, our wealth, because it impacts our performance and it help impacts our happiness. And who doesn't want better health, more wealth, more happiness? Who doesn't want that? So sleep was the first challenge I ran with that in mind because sleep happens to be the first in our program nine to thrive which is how you manage and work through stress and and it absolutely each one of those um, but sleep in particular really elegantly pulls together the holistic approach that I take with all my clients, mind, body, and soul. And if we pay attention to mind, body, and soul, A, any one activity impacts the others. So if we're doing something for mind, it's going to impact our body and our soul and vice versa. And then the magic's in the greater than the sum of the parts. It's like when we pull all that together, magic 
happens. So sleep. If we haven't had enough, we definitely feel it. So instantly, if you haven't had enough, the morning you wake up, you won't feel rested. And we kind of shrug that off and carry on, but that's not a way to start the day. Other impacts, though. So we know that we probably haven't got much tolerance or patience as we would normally have if we've had more sleep. Therefore, we might shout at the children more um, or the dog. Um, We might be less tolerant of colleagues, less ready to see another perspective. That's uh, an outcome of not having enough sleep because different parts of the brain aren't rested or aren't wired to go. It will impact memory, cognitive function, the ability to learn and assimilate information because that's what your brain does. My cable of my headphones. That's what your body does when it's in deep sleep. So you're less likely to make the right decisions. You're predispositioned to not make the right decisions. You're likely to crave more sugar because the body needs an instant fix. It needs to feel better. That's the road, slow, slow road to nowhere. Or not where you want to go anyway. And then there's the other impact, like the longer term impact that we might not see straight away. So when we're in deep sleep, our brain's doing a bit of a clear, all our cells doing a bit of a clear up. So in our brain, they're, they're um, you're getting rid of all the neurotoxins that have built up during the day. And then toxins are there purely from your cells working, doing stuff. And so the byproduct of doing stuff is waste. And that waste is there in your brain, in your cells. And if you aren't able to you know, have a good sweep up, then they're going to accumulate. They're going to stay there and accumulate. And we don't want any waste anywhere. So, yeah, and that's what's shown to be um, inherent with diseases such as Alzheimer's. And of course, if we don't have enough sleep, then the rest of our body isn't resting and healing and clearing up itself. So longer term, it's a real, it's, it's much more serious. It's bad enough not feeling rested. I'm sure everyone agree that that's not a great place. But when you work in everything, if you know that you're unlikely to remember it as well, uh, your recall isn't going to be as, as well as it could be. Um, if you know you haven't got the patience, if you haven't got the ability to see another perspective, you're going to not be as creative. If you're not being able to take on new information, if you're not able to make decisions as effectively as you could, then you know what? It's a bit of an issue. Why would we do that to ourselves knowingly, complicitly? Well, we know the answer to that. It's kind of we're 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 in a, a culture, uh, we're on a treadmill, um, or hamster wheel, however you want to look at it, that there isn't enough credit given to looking after ourselves, which is what's got to change. So by me sharing this chat, or you taking part in the challenge, or the challenge is finished now, but uh, if you took part in the challenge um, 
And then from this recording, this podcast, which is going to pull everything together that we talked about, at least it's a prompt. It's an awareness. It's going to make you hopefully feel more um, empowered uh, if that's what you need or just more aware of the right decisions that you can make to help yourself. So as a sort of a smorgasbord run through of the different things we covered on the challenge. The holistic approach, we, a different day, different challenge, and it covered either mind, body, soul, or very clearly all of them. Oh, and I should have said, of course, of course, of course, not having enough sleep is impacting your mood and your metabolism, which kind of hinted at with the sugar piece. But the um, we know it's going to impact your mood. And, of course, then that link between mental and physical health. Uh, emotional well-being it's all going to come through so the best way to approach it is through an holistic holistic way the only way this is the way for those of you that know how much of a fan i am of the mandalorian and star wars this is the way <laughs> i have spoken so um moving on swiftly so the very first part of the of the challenge and i think everything most of most of the challenge over the 21 days was delightfully and possibly deceptively simple and pretty much everything i discussed would not have cost you anything in terms financially to do so let's get started so they we started with the setting yourself up for success. And actually, I wanted to kind of flip the thinking or flip the expectation just a tad. And instead of talking about what we're doing as you're going to bed or in bed or, you know, that, that nighttime piece, actually, let's set ourselves up for success right at the beginning of the day. Because we have to look at it in the fullness of what we're doing with our mind, body and soul to get the best quality sleep on a night. So starting at the beginning, the, to make sure that your body is primed to be winding down and going to sleep at the other end of the day, that so we need to let it know it's daytime, we're up, rise and shine, at the beginning of the day. And the best way to do that, the single best way to do that, is to get natural light exposure to natural light as early as you can on getting up wow that's it so all i'm saying is if you can get outside if you can't get outside get us get next to a window enjoy your morning coffee your morning cup of tea next to the window it doesn't have to be glorious sunshine of course though that would be lovely um but natural light is key and um uh you know the the lux the measurement of actually how much light is there um the difference between natural light even um on a cloudy day versus electric artificial lighting inside uh, is still quite stark so absolutely doesn't need to be glorious sunshine but it does need to be natural and try and do that as close as you can to getting up and that is the first sort of um, it's almost like the opposite of an alarm clock, isn't it? It's the first signposting of your body that, hey, this is morning. And that will help set, sync 
your circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm, I'm sure most people have heard of, uh, if not everyone. Uh, essentially, it's one of many rhythms that we cycles that we have in every single cell and for every single process of our body. So we, we're not going to go into all of that right now, but the circadian rhythm uh, in terms of um, what time our body thinks it is and uh, how purists I want to get on that. Um, uh, time is a construct. I'm struggling with this now. So time is a construct uh, when we think about it in terms of a clock on the wall clock. Um, but in terms of your innate natural clock, your body has a an appreciation of um, where it is in its cycle, a daily cycle, a weekly cycle, mon- monthly cycle, yearly cycle. Oh, we could talk about this for a long time. Uh, I will come back to uh, cycles and synchronicity um, uh, for sure. But for now, we're just thinking about considering, contemplating, reflecting on that daily cycle that our body recognizes. So the first way to trigger that off is that, hey, there's sunshine. That'd be nice. Hey, there's daylight. Uh, It must be the morning. And then that's going to help sink it, start it going uh, from the, uh, the best point. The next thing we talked about on the challenge, which was um, related and will strengthen that practice of getting the early daylight, was uh, trying to keep to a relatively similar uh, rise and go to bed time each day, including weekends, because that will throw stuff back out. So if your body is now getting used to that daylight in the morning, okay, this is morning, and I know I roughly get it, you kind of like training. Um, training your body or reaffirming, reconsolidating what it is perceiving, uh, sensing as a daily cycle. So keeping a rhythm, a routine going is only going to strengthen that. Okay, so that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Possibly easier said than done, but again, costs nothing. Uh, and it's just that kind of like intention and deliberation of what you want to be doing. What are you prioritizing? If it does need a little bit of planning or a little bit of foresight, then this is the whole point of the challenge. If I've if I've given you that insight, then you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm immensely happy with that. So, getting up, knowing what time you know, or getting our bodies recognize a daily cycle, a regular daily cycle is going to really help um, at a cellular level, um, possibly deeper, and definitely a systemic level, um, which way's up, which is what you want. And then if we um, sort of the next sort of group, I'm not going to talk to you every, you know, each 21 days because that would be um, frustratingly a hard going, I'm not going to do that. But then, so I guess the next category, so that was one category of challenges, if you like. The next category, um, and I guess you could say they, they were body, bodily focused, um, but because of the impact they have on your sleep, it's going to impact your mind and your soul, etc. The next uh, category of um, activities that we talked about th- throughout the challenge, I'd class would be more of the mind. Um, activities to support the mind and 
in getting enough quality sleep. And I guess the it's part of the signaling. Okay, so oh, we can't we can't keep tabs on the thousands millions of signals that our body is um sending around itself um and that it's picking up from um within and without you know that there's there's so much going on that we're the messages that we're picking up and if we can uh support some of those signals to really sort of espouse or advocate rest and safety which is the opposite of that stress cycle then that is going to help um from our mind but then it will filter through to everything else help us get a better night's sleep so one of the things that we can do so all of these they're kind of going to i'm going to group quite a few together now but they're all in one way or another about enabling you to manage your stress response, which then in turn is definitely going to enable you to have that sense of calm, that sense of safety, that sense of relaxation, which are always going to be signals to your body that it's okay to go to sleep. If you are hanging on the edge if you are um, full of anxiety in the midst of of a stress response then you're ready for action but your body's saying oh no we've got to act you're never going to go to sleep you're definitely not going to have deep sleep so we we need to um need to give those signals out that your body is ready to sleep and it will only do that if it's feeling safe secure relaxed calm so gratitude practicing gratitude is something we talked about and that's just a lovely way of uh, repriming the mind to highlight actually it's all okay right now right here there is some really good stuff going on and it's just a reminder of that and it's that kind of you know or it will help with um, oxytocin release which definitely will help sleep deeper sleep um, which is a messenger to, to, I guess, in a very um, um, simplistic way. It's like telling your body it's loved. Right? Oxytocin, is, that's what it's saying. It's like a nice little hug from within. All your cells are getting a hug with a bit of oxytocin. And so the gratitude will help with that. And and if you're doing that before you go to sleep, do that you know, last thing. That's a lovely place to get drift from. So gratitude and it's and I guess the science behind it is that it's the signaling that things are okay, things are good, you are loved, you are safe, you are in a good place, good things are happening for you, you're where you're meant to be. That kind of innate messaging is conducive for sleep. Journaling. Uh, is also good for getting out of your head. So if you've got, uh, I think it's like 80 to 90% of the thoughts that we have um, full stop are habitual. They keep going round and round. And if you have got a negative loop going around, a worry going around, um, a mean inner voice going around those thoughts, 
um that's 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 not helpful but uh journaling and whether you do that with prompts or whether you just do a free form like a like a literally just a a spill out onto your onto your page it's going to help get stuff out of your mind once it's out of your mind then there's a um some nice psychological easing cognitive easing of what's going on and that definitely is going to then stop your brain having to work so hard it's not going to have to be going right i must remember to do this i must remember to do that tomorrow oh i've got that coming up if you you can get that kind of thing out on paper what am i doing for tomorrow um etc etc but it also could be what how you felt the day's gone uh what's gone well what we what have you learned kind of thing and then and just to get it out so all of that that innate science behind the scenes there is um helping to stop the brain overworking overthinking in a really positive productive helpful constructive way for you we talked about a bath having a bath and um and and i think and i always smile when i say that because i think possibly everyone would would know intuitively just know from experience um that having a bath bed is is a good thing it's um it's calming it's relaxing if you put in some magnesium salts um then you get extra extra dose of um wellness and you know the science there um is you know our, our blue mind and what I mean by that is it's shown, you know, clinically, scientifically shown that where we're near, in, close to looking at water, it has a calming effect. It lowers blood pressure, uh, lowers heart rate, uh, improve, improves creativity, improves mood amongst other things and so that's that's what you want before you go to bed you want that's a a very strong signal that again you're safe um that your body isn't working hard it's not expending any more energy than it needs to uh, therefore it's in a position to wind down it feels safe to wind down uh and yeah that's that's clearly going to help clearly going to help and then I guess the whole, um, and then we talk about breath work as well. So a, a mindfulness practice, meditation. Oh, so those three things could be one and the same, or they could be three different things to you. Um, I guess my my intention here is to highlight that it's whatever practice and however you frame it, breathwork mindfulness meditation it's your opportunity again to um elicit a feeling of calmness um focusing on the here and now without without curiosity but without judgment which is again going to trigger sort of safety and calming signals so um how far you want to go into any one of those three is entirely up to you. And yeah, it could just be simple as just focusing on some deep breaths. Yeah. Even when you're in bed or, you know, as you're getting ready for bed and just to be, just to be mindful of the here and now, because again, that will stop the whirring round of your brain. 
stop the overthinking, it will calm. It will go some way to managing stress response. I want to talk about the stress response. It, it might you might be very aware that you're in the middle of some massive stress, or you might not be quite so aware. But invariably, most people are going through some kind of stress most of the time. And the problem we've got is that our stress response is a little bit out of date with the way that we live our lives now or yeah oh yeah maybe it's the way that we live our lives is the problem not the stress response but we could talk about that on another day too what i really mean by that is our um our processing of the stress response you know we're it's the same response if we were running from from that cave lion um back in the day back in the cave um and you know there'd be the acute spike of that real flurry of activity running faster than you've ever done or being able to jump higher um or further and you know if you had to um turn around and bop it on the nose you'd do it harder than you ever would you, you know you get you get where I'm going with that but um but we don't have a cave line to be running away from or fighting when we've got a meeting we're not looking forward to or a workload that we can't get to the bottom of that to-do list never ending um yeah they still in you know or, or financial concerns or job security concerns so they those emotional threats trigger the same as if we were running from the cave line um so we have that spike in activity either physical activity that physical priming of what we're going to do running or whatever we need to do with the line and then when we get back to the cave you know we'd, we'd slam the cave door shut and we would take a breath and we would hug our nearest and dearest and we would um celebrate around the campfire we would um you know, probably dance and revel and eat and then we go to sleep. Oh, and we tell the stories, you know, and then we go to sleep. And and when we but if you overlay that with you know that colleague you don't want to deal with, that workload you can't get to the bottom of, um, the bills that you've got to pay, we haven't done the same things in our bodies as what we would have done if we were running from the lion but it's the same messengers and the same processes that are happening in our body that anything that can calm that stress response is going to help you sleep better because what we need to do is we need to get to the end of the cycle or not so much a cycle but that the two i I like to see it as two phases um that like that peak activity piece and then the then the bit after the bit at the cave you know with the tribe and at that point then you go to sleep and you probably sleep for quite some time but what we do we don't have any of that we don't have any of the cave time or not enough of it and we possibly haven't had enough of the physical exertion either so we've got this problem we've got all the same stuff going around our bodies but we've 
we've not used it in the way that it's intended, designed. So when I talk about um, being mindful before bed, when I talk about, you know, that need to feel safe, that's where I'm coming from. It's this stress response piece that's hijacking everything. And so anything you can do to manage your stress, which is what we've talked about through the, you know, the gratitude and journaling, and they, they might seem a little bit uh, left field if you're worrying about um, a redundancy situation at work. Um, but it, they are one same thing. It does. It, it comes into it. And so anything that you can do um, to, to manage that stress response is going to signal that it's okay to go to sleep. And that's what you want to be doing. So that all of the practices we talked about with the mind were from that perspective, because it starts in the mind, the stress response, uh, and then it then it becomes bodily. And yeah, and you could weave in then also, but if we're going to be if we're going to be full about it, comprehensive about this, of course, then if we're going to talk about um ego, which is part of the psyche, which is part of the soul potentially spirit maybe um that that's impacting how you are perceiving your safety and whether that fear the thing that you're worried about is being escalated and we want to calm that down so stress is going to uh, cause your body to be wired for activity and then the anxiety the fear of what might become that is definitely going to keep you awake because it's kind of keeping you in that spiral, that spin um, of um, that that mental activity that is actually saying things aren't safe here, which is what is going to keep you up, keep you awake. So linked, so knowing about a bit more about managing the stress response, movement is going to help us expend that physical energy, that physical activity that we are wiring, priming ourselves to have if we were going to run from the cave line. But of course, we want to do that um, from a sleep perspective as early in the day as possible. Or definitely with it before, give yourself a good margin, you know, four to five hours before you are going to sleep because that is going to um, keep you awake again. You know, that's, that's going to be energy expending. That's and while you're doing that, you're not going to be going to sleep. So we, we definitely spoke about that as well. And that's also part of the signaling, part of the cycle, circadian rhythm piece as well. Uh, but it links into the, the stress management as well. Alcohol and caffeine. Um, sure. Uh, not, not necessarily a popular thing, but um, they're both in their different ways going to uh, keep the mind active. Um confuse the signals um of your body that the rhythm that your body is expecting that daily rhythm routine it's going to disrupt that um alcohol will prevent you having REM sleep um which is essential for for learning and that feeling refreshed in the morning alcohol and caffeine take a while to work themselves out of your system so alcohol, um, you know, immediately before bed is, is, it isn't going to help. Um, I just, yeah, okay, the science is there. It's not going to help. 
caffeine if you can stop after midday because caffeine has what we call half-life. Um, it will stay in your system for um, hours. Not eating too close to bedtime too is all part of that same piece um, because your body will be digesting. And if it's digesting, that's in a very active, there's um, uh, from a metabolic perspective, from an energy perspective, there's stuff your body is having to do um, that it won't be doing if you're not digesting. And that is a signal that you're awake and you, it, it's just, you're just swimming against the tide. Um, and the thing is that nothing, you can survive. You absolutely can survive by eating your last meal minutes before you go to bed and you will you know, go to sleep at some point, hopefully, but the quality of that sleep and how quickly you do go to sleep um, is going to be impacted. And my whole point with this challenge was how to improve quality sleep. And it's that even if you don't get extra hours, it's giving you that awareness to prioritize your sleep. If you have got uh, a really big yeah, big meeting, a presentation, um, something very physical. If you you take part in sport, um, just a long day or something that you're already anxious about, you know, it's going to take extra energy for you to do something out of your comfort zone. Um, then prioritizing sleep the day before that event is always going to be a sound thing to do. And therefore maybe being mindful of you know, when do you stop drinking alcohol that, that day before? When do you stop stop drinking caffeine? When do you stop eating? Did you exercise with sufficient time to rest before you go to sleep? All of that is that's that part of that self-leadership piece to prioritize your sleep, which is going to help your performance the day after. So there's shared quite a lot. Um, hopefully, I guess the message is that everything we're doing is related to that holistic wellness, which in turn is about helping in this context of sleep is, is about helping your body, mind and soul feel relaxed, feel fulfilled, um, feel that you can, you know, that you're safe. And that's what's going to, that's, that's the setting yourself up for success. Um, we also talked about light at the end of the day, actually, as well. And so sort of um, curbing screen time, always a good thing. And uh, if you want to try blue light glasses, I think that's probably the one thing I've suggested that um, you might have to, you'd have to go out and buy, but they don't, they don't necessarily work um, for everyone. There's still a lot of research going on to it, going into it, but they're, they are there. And I, I do know that they do help some people. I use them um, a couple of hours before bed. So there are other things absolutely you can do. Um, blackout curtains, um, we'll use earplugs. Um, temperature of room, we did talk about, that's definitely going to help the environment, you know, the environment of which you're in is going to, again, signal that uh, that's part of that um, signal to your uh, brain that it's, nighttime that daily cycle it's it's now a uh, sun is down um moon is up type thing and therefore we would rest and it's it seems so basic but this is the stuff we're missing and just because something seems ludicrously simple does not mean it's wrong 
And it definitely doesn't mean there's a better solution. Simple is elegant. Simple is the solution. So don't, I think our busy lives, um, tech driven, kind of put a false lens on everything that we look at. Simple is good. So everything we said, everything we talked about in a nutshell is about um, helping your body recognize its daily cycle and helping you then feel safe to you know switch off the um uh, the overthinking the anything that's going to anything that is disturbing that daily cycle um because there should be a point at which things are calm things are cool and you can sleep and if we have an interruption to that that's what's interrupting your sleep Essential oils um, absolutely may help. And of course, you could have add those to the bath as well. Certain essential oils you can add to the bath. Um, that definitely helps. So there are more things than we talked about on the challenge, but I've I've come at it from a holistic approach, um, a virtually no cost. It's the intention and attention that you pay to yourself is the, is the biggest thing that you can do um, and that doesn't cost anything. So thank you so much. Uh, A slightly longer episode than usual, but I wanted to wrap up the sleep challenge and uh, no doubt we have a new challenge in the not too distant future. Uh, It may come from our nine to thrive program, uh, which are that holistic approach to helping you thrive at work, rest and play. Managing stress is pretty much the the secret to that. Let me know how you get on with your better quality sleep. I wish you a very good night's sleep and I shall see you next week. Take care. If you've enjoyed our conversational journey today, I'd be thrilled if you like, follow and share this podcast with other wonderful women like you. It'll help more people discover the Freedom to Be Human podcast and enable them to start on their adventure for a life less ordinary.